From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hi, I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Two games grab the mic today, and they're both in it to spin it. In one corner, we've got chess gunning to triumph, rook, line, and sinker. In the other, we've got ping pong, the paddle master, ready to outwit and outhit their opponent. Which team will smash their way to victory? There's no telling. Lucky for us, we've got Seth here from Los Angeles to help us crown a winner. Hi, Seth. Hey, yo, Molly. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for being back to judge this season. We're so happy to have you. Yeah, happy to be here. So when I say chess, what comes to mind? Hmm. Two old men sitting in a park just (laughs) trying to get through the day, thinking of what kind of move they're going to make. And what about ping pong? When I think of ping pong, I think of young adult players gunning it out, going left and right before you can even blink. They're already on the right side and shooting a small ball in a small court. So would you say that you already think one of these two games is cooler than the other? I would be lying if I said I didn't, but Mm. yeah. Which one has your heart? Ping pong as of this moment. So if you could... (laughs) <laughs> Tell me how chess is better, then I think you'd you'd get extra points for that one. But you're able to be a fair and impartial judge today. Oh, yes, of course, of course, of course. Wonderful. Well, let's meet our debaters here to defend chess. It's comedian and writer June Chung. Hi, June. Hello. So, June, in a single sentence, why is chess cooler than ping pong? Well, we all know chess is best and ping pong is wrong. And uh, <laughs> chess is cooler than ping pong. Because it's a game about wits. It's been played for centuries. That's how good it is. And you can play it right now if you wanted, like, at your desk. Wonderful. And here to represent Ping Pong, it's podcast producer, Elissa Dudley. Hi, Elissa. Hello, hello. In one sentence, Elissa, why is Ping Pong the Smash Boom best? Well, because I like rules. I'm actually going to use one sentence. And I will say that Ping Pong is for cool people. With big brains, big muscles, and lots of friends. All right. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. Let's review the rules of the game. Round one is the Declaration of Greatness, where our debaters will present fact-filled arguments in favor of their side. They'll also each get 30 seconds to rebut their opponent's statement. Then we've got the Micro Round, where each team will respond to a creative assignment they received in advance. Round three is the Sneak Attack, a surprise challenge debaters will respond to on the spot. And to wrap it all up, we've got the Final Six, where each team will have just six words to sum up the glory of their side. Our judge, Seth, will award two points in the first round, one for his preferred rebuttal, the other for his favorite declaration, and then he'll award one point in each round after that, but he'll keep his decisions top secret until the end of the debate. Listeners, we want you to judge too. Mark down your points as you listen. At the end of the show, head to our website, smashboom.org, and vote for whichever team you think won. Okay, everybody, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's get the show on the road. Ding, ding. (laughs) Perfect. Then it's time for the Declaration of Greatness. Our debaters will present the most fascinating facts and awesome arguments in favor of their side. We flipped a coin, and June, you're up first. Let's hear your Declaration of Greatness for the Grandmaster of Games, Chess. Imagine an epic medieval battle. 
an army of soldiers advancing on a king in his castle. Forward march! They take out enemy knights on horseback. Arrows whiz by castle guards. Finally, one brave soldier makes it to the helpless king, sword in hand, ready to strike when, out of nowhere, the queen attacks from behind. The soldier is no match for the queen. The queen saves the king and the kingdom. Whoa, was that a plot on Game of Thrones? Nope, you just heard the intense fighting that goes on in every game of chess. You've seen it played in parks, at school, in movies like Harry Potter. It's that two-player strategy game played on an 8x8 checkerboard. Each player controls 16 pieces, including pawns, knights, rooks, bishops, the queen, and of course, the king. The main objective is to trap the king, a move that's also known as... Checkmate! 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 And the game is over. Woo! There's no better feeling than getting a checkmate. And people have been trapping kings for a really long time. Like over 100 years? More like 1,500 years. Chess derived from a game that started in India back in the 7th century called Chaturanga. From India, the game made its way to Persia where it got its modern name. Chess came from the word Shah, meaning king, and checkmate came from the word Shakmat, meaning the king is helpless. The game traveled along the Silk Road trading route to East and Southeast Asia. Chess boards here, get your chess boards. Fast forward to Europe in the 1400s, and chess began to look like the game played around the world today. How has chess stayed so popular for so long? Well, probably because it's a truly international, universally accessible game. No matter your age, gender, race, religion, language, or socioeconomic background, you can play. Match wits with your five-year-old cousin in the living room or a teacher in the park. Or how about someone from a different country in a different time zone on the internet? In 2020, a time when standing six feet apart and talking to your dog more than usual was the norm, online chess skyrocketed. According to chess.com, a social network and chess server website, around 1 million new members joined each month since March 2020, and around 2.8 million joined in November 2020 alone. People all over the world bonded over chess. I like to see someone try and play ping pong on their phone in the bathroom. Oh wait, they can't. And if you play enough, maybe one day you'll become a Grand Master, which is the highest title you can achieve as a chess player. To earn that illustrious title, you need to do well in tournaments and rank pretty high internationally. One way to get better is to play chess with a computer, because there are a lot of super smart chess playing computers out there. You can trace the relationship between chess and computers back to 1948, when Alan Turing, often referred to as the father of computer science, identified chess as the perfect way to test the strength of an artificial brain. From there, programmers designed smarter and smarter chess-playing computers, and finally, IBM made a computer called Deep Blue that defeated Grandmaster Garry Kasparov in 1997. A lot of people thought artificial intelligence would ruin the game. But today, humans and machines play together, and AI helps humans become better players. Chess is a game with almost infinite outcomes. Seriously. According to mathematician Claude Shannon, There are more possible games of chess than atoms in the universe. <laughs> yeah. That means if every person on Earth paired up and played, it would take trillions of years to play every game of chess. 
cool. Chess is rich in history. It's a game for everyone, and it's made generations of players into problem solvers and strategists. So grab a friend, pick up a board, and play the greatest game ever. Your move, ping pong. Oh wait, it's checkmate. A globe-trotting and glorious declaration of greatness for chess there. Seth, what stood out to you about June's declaration of greatness? It's an epic storyline. Who cares about Game of Thrones? Just live in it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Elissa, it's time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to hit Team Chess with your best shot. And your time starts now. June has painted a very depressing picture of what playing chess is. <laughs> During a pandemic, we didn't need any more sitting alone in our bathroom staring at our computer screens. And then he tells you you can play chess not just, you know, a million miles away from other humans, but with a computer all alone. That's the last thing anyone needs. Once again, chess is about being lonely <laughs> and going to oh, war dang. with people far away or just robots. I mean, chess and is a game based shy. on war. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Well, you know, when people are in a pandemic and just trying to survive here, you, you want to pass the time any way you can. And, uh, you know, chess did that for a lot of people. You can stay six feet apart across a ping pong table. I can and I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elissa, you have more to say. I know you do. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we want to know why ping pong is king pong. Serve it up. Okay, Seth, let me set a scene. It's December 2020. We're nine months deep in the pandemic. And because I live in Seattle, it's raining constantly. All outdoors fun has been canceled. Me and my boyfriend haven't had visitors in a long while. So naturally, the house is a pigsty. Life is stressful, boring, and messy. But then we got a ping pong table. We started playing every day. We watched YouTube videos to learn new techniques. Things got competitive. Whoever lost a match was assigned a chore. Our muscles grew, our minds sharpened, and our house was sparkling clean. But ping pong can do way more than end petty bickering over housework. It can help achieve world peace. See, in 1971, the United States and China were not on good terms. But these two countries had one thing in common. They loved ping pong. So they both sent teams to compete in the world championships in Japan. The Chinese team was on strict orders to avoid contact with Americans. But when a U.S. player named Glenn Cohen missed his ride to practice, he hopped right onto the Chinese team's bus. What's up, my fellow pong-loving dudes? thought I'd catch a ride with you. There was a moment of awkward silence. But then, one of China's best players, Zhuang Zedong, made a friendly gesture, and soon they were on good terms. Word of this chance meeting spread, and right before the U.S. team was about to head home, Mao Zedong, the leader of China, shocked the world by inviting the Americans to visit his country and play more ping pong. The Americans said yes. And soon after the visit... President Nixon announced that he would work to improve America's relationship with China. Time magazine called it the ping herd round the world. That's right. A love of ping pong helped two feuding countries make amends. Ping pong wasn't always a competitive sport played around the world. 
Historians think it was invented in Victorian England in the late 1800s, and that the first ping pong games were played using a row of cigar boxes as a makeshift net, books as paddles, and a champagne cork for a ball. Players would take turns serving the ball with their paddle over to the other side of the net, and then their opponent would return the ball by hitting it back. If a player's return didn't hit the table on the other side of the net, then their opponent gets a point. Good heavens, in my teacup again, Elizabeth. Point for me. Fun, but kind of slow. In 1901, players switched from solid balls made of cork or rubber to hollow celluloid balls, similar to the ones we use today. But it wasn't until the 1950s that ping pong players really got up to speed because they added an outer layer of soft, sticky rubber to their paddles. That's when the game of ping pong became all about spin. The opportunity to use spin for your advantage and to outwit your opponent always exists in this game. (laughs) This is Dr. David Dowling, a faculty member in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at the University of Michigan. He says if you hit a ball straight on, there's no spin. But if you swing your paddle forward and up at the same time, that will produce spin. When a ball spins, you get the Magnus effect, which means the pressure isn't the same on all sides of the ball. The Magnus effect can be used to make the ball go in just about any direction. Because the ball drifts in the direction of less pressure. Top spin, when the ball is spinning forward, makes the ball curve downwards. And that helps bring the ball down on your opponent's side of the table. Backspin can send a ball high and sometimes makes it look like it's floating. And then the side spin can make it seem to curve. There's a lot of spinning ball physics involved in uh, in the game. The best players can use spin to make the ball go wherever they want because they are masters of the Magnus effect. But ping pong isn't just about physics. It's about getting physical too. Unlike some games, ping pong raises your heart rate, gets you sweating, challenges your muscles, and this is according to science, improves your reflexes and hand-eye coordination. It works out your brain, too. You have to quickly anticipate where a ball's going to go and think strategically about how to hit it back. In fact, ping pong has been shown to help people with brain illnesses like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Ping pong, a total mind-body workout that's also a total blast. So, Seth, ping pong is simply the coolest. There's no debate. It's great exercise. It stimulates your brain. And it even brings nations together. Paddle drop, team ping, out. A head-spinning argument for ping pong there. Seth, what stood out to you about Alyssa's Declaration of Greatness? I think everyone else can agree with me, connecting the world. I mean, we're all for world peace all here. And I think for somebody, some like Mao Zedong, who was a, a very popular leader for not the right reasons. You would think he wouldn't invite people again, but I was actually surprised. So yeah, that stood out to me. Who can argue with world peace? We love harmony. All right, June, let's hear your 30-second rebuttal. Time to use those moves. Your time starts now. Well, I like to spin a little win for chess. (laughs) And uh, any chess player playing in a chess tournament can actually lose 6,000 calories playing in a tournament. 
and all this talk about physics and spinning. That's pretty much all the strategy there is to ping pong and then boom, you're done. But chess has like millions of strategies you could play <laughs> at any point in the game. You could be ahead, you could be behind, and then you could win from behind uh, with any player. And we don't all have houses uh, Alyssa, okay, and to play shy. our ping pong games. <laughs> you can go to a ping pong table in a park, which I have. <laughs> ping pong, chess, both in the park. That'd be so nice. No, there'd be war between us. <laughs> All right, Seth, it's time to award your first two points, one for the best rebuttal and the other for your favorite declaration. Which rebuttal made your head spin, made you laugh, had more interesting facts, science, tidbits, whatever the criteria is, it's up to you. Make a decision, but don't tell us which side you're going for. Have you marked down your points? Yep. Excellent. It's time for a quick break. Rally, plot your next move, whatever you need to do. And we'll be right back with more Smash Boom Best. You're watching State of Debate, home to raging rhetoric and awe-inspiring argumentation. Hey there, debate heads. I'm Taylor Lincoln, here with Debate Guru. Todd Douglas has entered the building, and the crowd goes wild. You're in a good mood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on Smash Boom Best, and I defended dogs in a cats versus dogs debate, and I won. Listen to this sick burn. In one sentence, explain why your side is the smash boom best. Dogs are way better than cats because they are man's best friend. They can learn tricks and they are way more fun to hang out with than boring little kitties. I don't want to bark up the wrong tree, but cats are better than dogs because they're basically house lions, they have no fear of heights, and they can take themselves to the bathroom. Hello, litter boxes. Yeah, but why go to the bathroom alone when you can go with friends? Do you not have friends, Sandin? I have so many friends. Like, I can't even count them. There's, like, Ted Ricks and Marflo and... They're, look, they're real names and they're real friends. So awesome. I did it. I rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Except... I spy some fallacies. Saying Sandin doesn't have friends is an ad hominem fallacy or a personal attack. It's funny, but not very nice. And all your claims about dogs are anecdotal or based on opinion. None of those claims would work at the Grandmaster Debate Cup. We were just getting started. I used a ton of facts throughout the podcast, but you're so busy, you couldn't even listen to it. I've been talking about it for weeks. Red herring fallacy. You're trying to change the subject. We aren't talking about how busy I am. We're talking about how you made a weak argument. No, we're talking about you being a bad friend because you never pay attention to anything I do unless you want to critique me. Red herring back at you. <sighs> you just did it again. You're using a straw man fallacy. You're trying to misrepresent what I'm saying to make me look bad. We're the best of friends. Not lately. All you care about is that dumb Grandmaster debate cup. What do you mean? You're obviously distracted. You're spending all your time traveling and on social media, watching your followers. It seems like the only important thing to you is being famous. Objection! I have been busy, and I'm sorry, but that does not mean the GDC is all I care about. You have been a moping sour pussies last few weeks. 
Why can't you be proud of me? Why can't you be proud of me? Don't buzz at me. Don't buzz at me. If 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 you don't apologize, I'll never talk to you again. Fine by me. I can host state of debate by myself. Oh no, you don't. I'll, I'll catch you, you next time, time on, on state, state of, of debate. debate. Smash Boom Vest. You're listening to Smash Boom Vest. I'm your host, Molly Bloom. And I'm your judge, Seth. One of my favorite things about this show is all the amazing debate ideas we get from listeners like you. Check out this super cool debate suggestion from Aiden in San Diego, California. My debate idea is figure skating versus hockey. We'll check back with Aiden at the end of his episode to see which side he thinks should win. And now it's back to our debate of the day, chess versus ping pong. That's right. And it's time for round two, the... Micro round. Today's micro round is International Holiday. June and Elissa, we asked you to invent an international holiday devoted to your side. Tell us about your team's traditions, foods, and customs so we can join in the celebration. June went first last time. So, Elissa, you're up. Tell us about your ping pong holiday. Seth, do you have any petty grudges? Like small but serious arguments with your friends, enemies, or frenemies? Uh, yeah, yes, I do. Sometimes. Well, I have some exciting news for you. Tomorrow is the first ever inaugural Ping Pong Petty Grudge Resolution Day. Every year on August 31st, frenemies, enemies, and people with irreconcilable ideological differences meet to settle things with a game of ping pong. Got a dispute with a sibling that just can't be resolved? It's your turn to harvest the honey. Oh, no, uh I didn't last. Nuh-uh. No. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. This new holiday is the answer to all of your problems. Just send the subject of your ire a wax-sealed invitation in advance. Dear Ben, I invite you to settle the business of the bickering and the bees at dawn tomorrow. On the table. And then, when the first rays of morning light dance across the ceremonial ping table, you play a game of ping pong. On guard! Eat my spin! And whoever wins the match wins the dispute, which could take a while. No! Huzzah! I can't wait to taste the sweet honey spoils of my victory. After you harvest it all, of course. Oh, man. Of course, there's snacks and drinks and pretty decorations and all of that. That's a holiday, after all. But the main attraction is dominating those who dare disagree with you. Or, you know, being dominated if you don't train hard enough. That part is up to you. A holiday that brings people together and maybe a little bit apart. June, tell us about your chess holiday. I present to you Chestival. Let the festivities begin. Chestival is an annual holiday where people unite to learn and play different versions of chess from around the world, like Changi from Korea or Makrook from Thailand. We celebrate on July 2nd. Why? Because it's the midpoint of the year. And as all of you chess lovers know, the center is the best position on the chessboard. Jump into all sorts of Chestival activities. 
play on a life-size chessboard. Ride one of the knight's horses. And if Changchi, aka Chinese chess, is more your style, frolic with the elephants. Of course, it's customary to dress as your favorite pieces, like the rook or the bishop, or maybe a general if you're playing Shang-Chi. Best of all, when you're in between matches, you can grab your mate and eat delicious international dishes like chaturanga chicken skewers from India, Sicilian defense pizza from Italy, or shoji sushi from Japan. Is your mouth watering yet? Because mine is. And to cap off the holiday, oh, here it comes now. Presenting the Pawn Parade Marching Band. Ooh, behind them are the king and queen waving atop a rook float. A very merry festival to you all. Oh man, the queen just waved at me. Me! Best chess of all ever. <laughs> oh wow, there's a lot going on there. Parades, food, fun, costumes sounds like an amazing holiday. Seth, what stood out to you about those two holidays? I'm hungry, dude. I just <laughs> need food. But um yeah, for ping pong, I do really like settling it on settling I think I wrote here, settling it with pong. You know, your parents yeah. don't get mad whenever you have a dispute. Yeah. You know what? Just settle it with ping pong. It's healthy conflict resolution. Yeah, Not much yeah. of a holiday, I'd say. <laughs> Chess, you know, I do like me some international food. So, you know, you got a, you got a little um, uh, back and forth here, kind of the opposite of each other. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. No one said right. there wouldn't be food. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> June's promising you elephants. Elephants, floats, marching bands. <laughs> Where are you going to get these elephants? <laughs> Who's your elephant guy, June? <laughs> All right, Seth, it's going to be a tough decision, but it's time to award a point. But don't tell us who's getting it. Again, the criteria is up to you. Have you decided? Hmm. Yeah. Well, it is time for our third round, the super stealthy <laughs> sneak attack. Your sneak attack today is style sense. We want you to describe a fashion line inspired by your side. What would it be called? What cuts, colors, accessories would your line be known for? How would you describe the overall vibe or aesthetic? Does that make sense, June Nilissa? Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes, it does. All right. We'll give you a few minutes to brainstorm. While you work, let's listen to some mellow hold music. Let's play chess. Nice move. You're great. Decide each piece is fate. Watch out before a call checkmate. Ping pong back and forth. Paddles and balls galore. Flip, smash, slice. Let's play some more. June, you're up. Tell us about Team Chess's look. Well, Seth, you want to go with chess up, dress up, okay? You want to look <laughs> like a king? Capes are in, okay? We got the capes for you. We have all the jewelry. We have the rings. We have the shoes. We have everything for you, okay? How about the pawn pants, okay? Utilitarian. <laughs> you could carry all these kinds of weapons in your pockets, you know, your pencils, your pens, your calculators, whatever you got, okay, for your senior year of class, okay? You want to be a little risque. How about the knight's veil, okay? You just put it over your head, a little headscarf if it's cold out there. And you know what? We just got sponsored by Rihanna because she went to the Met Gala as the Pope, you know, and she is our face. 
And she she's so lovely. And guess what? We have a food sponsor too. Burger King. Obvious <laughs> choice here. Okay. So with every single piece of clothing, you get a coupon for a Whopper. Okay. That's how it goes. That's how we roll. Chess up, dress up. Was this a, a clothing line or a Burger King ad? No, I'm just dressed up as the, the new mascot for Burger King. Oh, my so with Like cargo pants. Well, you know, we got multi-platform synergy, branding, brand extension, food and fashion. I got a whole platform going. Mm-hmm. I just want to say Team Chess thinks you may need weapons for your senior year of high school. <laughs> hey. Chess is about war once again. All right, Elisa, your turn. Tell us about Ping Pong's fashion line. So Team Ping's fashion line is very high fashion. I mean, we turn our nose up at all of these crazy sponsorships. Like (laughs) on the strength of our designs alone, we'll reach you. You'll want to wear the clothes. You'll see them when they debut in Fashion Week in Paris. Our summer line is simply ping. (laughs) Ping. And... (laughs) And in summer, you're going to wear our just uh, high-performance fabric, streamlined, flexible for all the movement that you'll be doing, unlike in chess. Um, you're going to wear our uh, front-spin shorter alls, so you can ping really hard at the beach. <laughs> in winter, you might be interested in our winter line, Pong. <laughs> Again, all of it, super high-performance fabrics. It can endure really high speeds. If, if a ball hits you at 99 miles per hour, which the best ping pong players can do, you're going to want to be wearing our um, backspin cape, which you can wrap all around you. It's fur-lined. <laughs> and whatever the season, you're going to want to pop on one of our side spin holsters for your paddles you can take with you wherever. But you can also fit a snack in there, I just want to say. <laughs> fashion for every season and very useful too except spring or fall we don't care about those (laughs) just ping (laughs) and pong i've never heard somebody refer to playing ping pong as when it gets want to play some ping (laughs) (laughs) you know when you when you have to say ping pong enough like i do (laughs) we're innovating fashion and language here today All right, Seth, think about which fashion line wowed you, which clothes would you want to wear, which team made you laugh. You get to decide what makes a winning argument. Give that team a point, but don't tell us who you're voting for. Have you made your decision? Yes, ma'am. All right, then it's time for our last round. The final six. Elissa, you're up. It's your last chance to slice, slice, baby. Ping. Brains, muscles, friendship, chess, war. (laughs) (laughs) You really packed a lot in there in an abstract way. Appreciate it. No verbs. All right. June, June, you've got six words to make a final impression on Seth. Time for your checkmate. Capture the king, win at life thinker i like it all right seth there's a lot to think about here but it's time for your final call award that last point and let us know when you have i wish i could see his face right now (laughs) i got it all right tally up the points it's time to determine a winner drum roll please today's winner is chess 
Oh, oh. This is extra brutal because I started out with him on my <laughs> side of the table. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you just kept putting it into the net, Alyssa. Right into the net. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. So, Seth, what was there a moment that you sealed it for chess? You let us sit on your decision making a little bit. I think the the moment it sealed me for chess was the the international food Ooh. thing. Oh my goodness! Ooh. Had I known, had I known he was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, it was inter- international food and. Chess has better strategies than ping pong. And honestly, I have to agree. (laughs) Alyssa, I loved how you said that ping pong is a uniter of worlds. And Seth is right. We are at a time when uniting is important. If only ping pong could do that for us right now. (laughs) June, now that it's over and I've lost and I don't have to sway Seth anymore, I can say that I, (laughs) I do, in fact, like the idea sometimes of retreating from the world and playing chess with a computer and not having to talk to any humans. We all need that sometimes. (laughs) That's it for today's debate battle. Seth crowned chess the smash boom best, but what about you? Head to smashboom.org and vote to tell us who you think should win. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and American Public Media. It's produced by Rosie DuPont, Sandin Totten, Ruby Guthrie, and Molly Bloom. We had engineering help from Veronica Rodriguez and Maya Sostich. And we had production help from Christina Lopez, Mark Sanchez, and Manica Wilhelm. Rosie DuPont is the voice of our hold music, and our announcer is Marley Foyerworker Otto. We want to give a special thanks to Austin Cross and Taylor Kaufman. Elissa, is there anyone you want to thank today? Yes, I want to thank Dr. David Dowling, um, who taught me all about the Magnus effect and the other wild physics happening in ping pong. And also my frequent ping pong opponent, Sean Moss, who forced me to play with him, and now I can't stop playing. How about you, June? Any special shout-outs? I'll give a special shout-out to my chess player for life, Heather, my wife, and uh, all the movies that show chess, like X-Men, Harry Potter, all the books, all the great things we see about chess. I'd love to also shout-out Mateo Irvin for his help on educating me on the world of chess. Seth, do you want to give any special thanks? Yeah, I'd just like to thank the National Speech and Debate Association. It's one of the organizations that has helped me become a better person in just through debating and a ton of people. So I'm very thankful for that. That's really lovely. Before we go, let's hear who Aiden thinks should win in his figure skating versus ice hockey debate. I think figure skating would win because figure skating is much more graceful than hockey, and figure skaters can normally skate faster than hockey skaters. Also, if you enter the Olympics or some other competition as a figure skater, you'd probably get more famous if you win, because if you're on a hockey team, the team gets famous, not just you alone. Do you have an idea for a knockdown dragout debate? Head to smashboom.org and tell us about it. We'll be back with a new debate battle next week. Ta-ta! See ya! See ya! Bye! I played a uh, 
guitar ping pong once. Uh-huh. I played it with a, a stranger somewhere else, random in the world. It'll just pair you with someone. Really? And I immediately lost. He was very annoyed with me. 